You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. So often I come across an interview that so blows my mind. It surprises me so much. I don't expect it to be as good as it is. And this is one of those interviews. I loved this podcast interview and I know that you're going to love it. Hello, I'm Dr. Lowe. If you don't know me, I'm the host of the show. I'm going on almost 10 years now. It's amazing. Great to have you. Um, and uh, this episode is really going to be speaking to our inner selves. We'll be speaking about shame. We'll be speaking about our vices, about experiencing freedom from these things. And I know this couldn't come at a better time because I know that we're dealing with a huge shift in our routines that is having us do different types of behaviors that we're not used to doing. And it is bringing up a lot for us. And I've seen this for myself. I've seen this for my patients and I've definitely seen this for my friends and family. So I know you're really going to resonate with this episode and you're going to love it. And I want to thank Paleo Valley so much for being a sponsor for this episode. So many of you are loving their bone broth protein. It's 100% grass-fed. Let me tell you a little bit about collagen, which is the um, most abundant protein in the human body, making up 30% of our total protein content. It's often called the glue that holds our bones together, or, you know, connective tissue. And collagen maintains the structure and integrity of your skin, muscles, bones, tendons, Historically, we have a lot of, you know, collagen-rich bone broth in our foods. So things like soups and stews and sauces and gravies are routinely eaten. And, you know, kind of like Thanksgiving dinner, people used to actually have dinner at the table and they would use a lot more of these foods. But in modern times, we're not eating as much of this. We're eating more carbs, more processed foods, more sugar. So that's the diet part of it. And then the other side of it, as we get older, our bodies produce less collagen you know, making supplementation something definitely worth strongly considering in order to meet your body's needs. So why does it matter? Why do you even want collagen in the first place? These are the benefits of collagen. Number one, it boosts your metabolism. Number two, it helps to support gut health and improves digestion. And in my experience clinically, I've seen that it helps to improve the healing of leaky gut. Number three, it helps support lowering the risk of heart disease, which is the number one killer of men and women. Four, it helps reduce arthritis and supports healthy joints. Five, it helps to reduce cellulite. Hello. And it also, six, helps to um, grow healthier hair and nails. So, you know, in line with the topic of this show, I try. I try to make it consistent. So, I mean, it's incredible. If there was a drug that actually did all those things, it would be worth billions of dollars. But you get this from the benefits of healthy bones. And that's the key word is healthy. You don't want to just be getting, you know, bones from whatever your regular grocery store. You want to be getting from really, really healthy animals so that you get those health benefits as well. So I've talked enough about it to get your bone broth protein over at Paleo Valley. You just go to paleovalley.com and then you get 15% off when you enter Dr. Lowe as your discount code at checkout, D-R-L-O. Hope you enjoy it. All right, let's jump to the show.
we have a brand new guest on the show. I'm looking forward to this. And this is a topic that so many of us are going to relate to, especially with this whole pandemic thing around the topic of vices and the emotional kind of component behind a lot of the habits that we do. And we all could really use I think a little tune up in these areas. I know I can. So we have Christy Whitman on the show. She's a transformational leader, celebrity coach, and the New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Having It All. She has appeared on the Today Show and the Morning Show, and her work has been featured in People Magazine, Seventeen, Women's Day, Hollywood Life, Teen Vogue, and many others. She's the CEO and founder of the Quantum Success Learning Academy and Quantum Success Coaching Academy, which is a 12-month law of attraction coaching certification program and she's helped thousands of people worldwide achieve their goals through her empowerment seminars speeches and coaching sessions and products her life-changing message reaches over 200,000 people a month and her work has been promoted by and featured with esteemed authors in luminaries such as marianne williamson dr Dwayne dyer and marcy shimoff which is amazing so thank you for making the time and being with us Oh, I'm so happy to be with you. Thank you for having me. I love what you're doing in the world. So thank you for making such a difference. Thanks. Mutual, mutual, you know, respect. And so I know we all have our own little story of what brought us to what we do. Can you give a little glimpse of that? I actually read your book, The Art of Having It All, um, a few years back. So got to hear a little bit of your story, but I'd love if you can share that with our audience. Absolutely. So yeah, I was living, you know, I graduated college. I moved to Chicago. I was living in Chicago with my very best friend and I had a a great apartment and a great paying job and lots of responsibility, but I loved it and was just, you know, having the time of my life. But in the quiet times, I just found that I felt so unfulfilled. And the more I obviously realized that, the more I realized how wonderful my life was and all the wonderful things I had in it, I realized that I'm really not happy. Even though all the outer appearances look like, well, she should be happy. She's got it all. I wasn't happy at all. And I was so dissatisfied that that longing, it was like a thirst, brought me to really call forth information to bring me back into wholeness because I really felt um, empty. And so I had happened to uh, date a, a man that was from California. And so I transferred from Chicago to California with um, my company. And when I got there, the first person that he introduced me to was a friend of his and she cut hair. And so I needed a haircut. And so I went to get my haircut from Janine and I was watching her and talking with her. And she seemed so different than anybody that I had ever met before. And I didn't have this language at the time, but her energy was so amazing. And so I'm watching her, we're talking, I'm observing her. And finally being as blunt as I am, I said to her, okay, what do you do? And she just started laughing because she knew exactly what I meant. And she says, I meditate. Now you have to understand this is 25 years ago. And (laughs) for me, it was like meditate. When I had a vision of meditation, it was like some guy in a white gown with a long beard, you know, sitting on top of a, you know, in the, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like Lotus style oming. And I was like meditation. And so she said, yeah, I'll introduce you to my meditation teacher. She's amazing. And so I was literally dialing her number as I was leaving the salon. So within a week's time, I find myself inside Melanie's house, her meditation teacher. And I walk in and there's crystals and there's candles and there's statues (laughs) of angels. And I'm like, where in the heck am I? And so I sit down and with a pretty open mind, the first thing she says to me was, you create your own reality. 
Now, remember, this is 25 years ago. This wasn't internet. This is way before The Secret came out. This is like books that were written on this kind of stuff were the stuff that was hidden way far in the back with the woo-woo stuff in a bookstore. So it wasn't common. I'd never heard that before. And when she said that to me, something opened up in me. There was, there was a truth that happened. It was almost like I got um, chill bumps all over my body. And then my logical mind kicked in and said, well, how? And she said, by your thoughts, you're either attracting things from you or to you or repelling things from you based on how you think. Now, again, that was one of those moments in my life where I'm like, what do you mean how I think? My thoughts are my thoughts. Like they're just, I know I can change my mind. I don't want to go here. I want to go here. But to change my thoughts, like I, I had no concept that I could actually change my thoughts on something and really have that level of control in my life. And so she said, okay, I'm going to give you an assignment. I want you to go home for a week and just pay attention to how you think. Now, this is the first time I'd ever done this. And I didn't realize how negative I was, how judgmental and critical and how I was constantly beating myself up and not just myself. I was critical and judgmental about everyone and everything, including God. I was in a boxing ring with God mm. and I was going to show him and he needed to prove to me and you know, this whole experience. And so I started the practice of meditation and I started learning more about how do you create your own reality? And I started really attracting teachers and books and information on the universal laws, not just law of attraction and really started applying them and was seeing my life really change. Things were just, not only did I feel a sense of peace and connection that I never felt before, but things absolutely started changing. The type of men that I was interested in dating, I, I went from all these bad boys to like wanting to date nice guys because I was accepting a different level of love in myself and having a different level of respect. So of course, the guys that I dated, I wanted them to show me love and respect too, instead of mm -hmm. being, you know, absent or, you know, totally into different um, addictions and smoking and drinking and things like that. Everything started changing for me. And about five years into practicing and really calling forth all this different information, one night I was meditating before I went to bed and I saw a cover of a book that said Perfect Pictures by Christy Whitman. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Never written a book. So I went to bed, 104 in the morning, I was woken up by these voices in my head that were basically telling me the first sentence, the first paragraph, first chapter. So I got up and just wrote down what I was hearing, not even thinking this is going to lead to something, but it was an automatic writing. My hand became completely out of control of myself. It was just automatic. It was scribing. And so I went back to bed. Seven nights in a row, this happened to me. And about the fifth or sixth night, I had just seen a woman named Terry Cole Whitaker as a New York Times bestselling author. She was one of the foundational ministers of like new thought churches and religious science churches. And I emailed her and I said, how do you get a book published? Cause I think I'm writing a book. And so she said, go online and find a literary agent. And so I literally typed into the internet literary agent and this man's picture, Glenn Willett popped up and he happened to be a literary agent slash publisher. I contacted him. He said, sure, hand me your manuscript. I sent it in. He accepted it. Now, I didn't know anything about publishing. I didn't know that it normally doesn't go that way. And I got the book published and all my friends and family read it who were not the target audience for this book, mm -hmm. <laughs> not the right readers for this book. So I wanted to obviously get the word out there. And I started speaking in spiritual bookstores and churches and I would do workshops and people in my workshops would say to me, do you coach? 
Now, again, this is 20 years ago, and I had no frame of reference for what a life coach was, no, nor did a lot of people, but I was living in California at the time. And people would say, yeah, you guide people on how to live their life and what's best for them. And I said, well, I don't know about any of that, but just call me on the phone. And what I was helping people do is shift their energy, shift their beliefs, shift their thoughts. And they were getting amazing results. And I was a pharmaceutical rep at the time, but I love and I loved how coaching, helping people felt. So I pursued it as a career. So I've been doing it ever since. I went full time about 14 years ago. And I am now an author of seven books and certified over 3,000 law of attraction coaches. And uh, that, as wow. I say, is history. Well, you clearly practice what you preach because if you were caught in those negative thoughts and mindsets, you wouldn't be so much of a clear channel, right? To be able to put all of this into your writing and what you do. Exactly. And, and now I even channel like full on channel where the council comes in and speaks through me. I don't know mm -hmm. if you knew that. And, um, and that is really because I've been so dedicated to releasing my own pain bodies, releasing my own imprints and limitations. Mm -hmm. That really is my life. My life's work is doing that on myself first. Yeah. hundred percent. Would you be down a little later in the show to maybe do a practice that people listening can do at home? Absolutely. Okay, great. Sure. I love it. So you talk a lot about vices and you talk a lot about shame. And I know this is such a big piece that has people stuck in just this disempowered type of living that gets in the way of them experiencing anything that they want, right? So, so if someone has habits that contribute to guilt and shame, what can people do to get rid of, you know, of these kinds of problems? Well, first of all, guilt and shame are emotions that people have as like a set point. And let's just break, break down what guilt and shame are. I mean, all emotions are useful. And so I don't like to say, well, these are bad emotions. These are good emotions. Like all emotions are communication for us to know about ourselves, understand where boundaries are, you know, keep us in check in alignment with our values and our morals and, and who we are becoming and all these things. And guilt is one of those emotions that is so misunderstood because guilt is wired into us for us to feel if we deliberately do something to hurt or harm another human being. And when you look at it that way, say that you um, did something that somebody else didn't uh, appreciate or they didn't, it, was, it wasn't something they wanted you to do, but you were taking care of yourself, then they can kind of guilt you, right? And, and make you feel bad because you're now, and that's how they try to manipulate or control. And now you're feeling the guilt. So I know my mom used to say to me, why aren't you doing this for me after all the things I've done for you? And then because of that manipulation, what she would say, I would then feel guilty and then I would change my behavior and do what was right for her and not for me. And mm -hmm. that guilt, when we buy into that guilt, it leaves us feeling shameful. And that mm -hmm. shame, so many of us are walking around with a full shame tank and, it's, and we don't feel good about ourselves. When we feel shameful, when we feel bad inside of ourselves, that's what leads us to reaching for vices. Mm. And these vices are kind of tools to help us feel better because we're wired to want to feel good. So if we're feeling bad because we're feeling shameful about something in our lives or not feeling good about who we are, and then we reach to a joint or a bottle of wine or shopping or too much sugar, too much coffee or whatever it may be, whatever the vice is 
it's like little tools that we've used in the past that work to help us get us out of the moment when we weren't feeling good. Even though it was temporary, we got a fixer, a little high or a little something. We temporarily got taken away from the pain. Right. And so it was a tool. And mm-hmm. then it becomes habitual, right? It, it sometimes becomes addictive, but it becomes a tool that we use. And understanding that that is just a it's a it's a temporary fix to a situation that needs to be fixed from energy everything is energy emotions are energy and if we're feeling shame we are the ones that have to process that energy of shame and when we do then we return back to our natural alignment and we don't have the need for the vices anymore. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I used to be a, a vice queen. I would drink soda, coffee. I mean, of course, get drunk. I would smoke weed. I'd smoke cigarettes. Sex was my weapon. Shop. I mean, mm-hmm. I would do everything, anything to escape myself because I had no self-esteem. I had no level of self-worth, no level of self-respect. And thank God... I started to, first thing for me was getting rid of um, smoking. And it's been um, about 26 years now that I quit smoking cigarettes. And when I did that, it, it was a whole level of self-love that I felt for myself because I wasn't you know, 20, 30 times a day putting something in my mouth where I was saying, I, I'm slowly killing myself. I don't love myself. And by not smoking, it, I had to deal with the emotions that were coming up or the thoughts that were coming up that were suppressed when I was smoking a cigarette. And so by not doing the vices and being aware and present with what comes up, we then can actually feel the emotions, process them, and be freed from them. Mm-hmm. And so many people don't want to do that because it's, it can be uncomfortable dealing with those emotions. Yeah, we learned. I mean, you think about it. When we were kids, most of our parents, because they didn't know and, and emotion, big emotions made our, most of our parents feel very uncomfortable. They told us, okay, don't be so angry. Little girls shouldn't cry or little boys shouldn't cry. We were told. We were, you know, we were conditioned to not process our emotions because emotions could be scary or they were scary for other people. And so many people have this perception, well, if I feel my sadness, I'm going to go into a dark hole and I'm never, ever going to get out. No, it's your suppression of your sadness is putting you into a deep hole that's making you now depressed because you've suppressed your sadness so much. Now that's what depression is. And on the other side of it, anxiety, oh my God, if I feel my anxiety, I'm never going to come out of it. No, anxiety is not an emotion. It's an overamplification of an emotion that's not been expressed like fear and worry. And those kind of things create anxiety. Hmm. So you have two things that are not emotions, they're disease states. And because we don't feel our emotions, that's when they come up because we are energetic beings and emotions are energy. And if we're not expressing them, they're like, you know, say something happens, you're going about your day, you feel great. And all of a sudden you hear something, see something, you get a piece of news, something happens. It, it, I like to call it a bushwhack, right? It, it just completely sideswipes you, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, instead of processing the sadness or the frustration or the disappointment or whatever you were feeling at that time, you collapsed down around it. So you constricted. And in that constriction, what happens, it's like a caged animal. If yeah. you have a tiger, 
right? That's in a zoo and it's in this small cage. It's going to spiral and it's going to walk around its cage and it's going to want to get out. Energy cannot be created or can it be destroyed. So constricting around energy, the energy is still there and it's creating a vortices of energy, which sets up then thoughts, which then creates beliefs and evidence of what you believe. And now you are literally living from a very limited perspective from that imprint. Yeah. So let's say that happens. You get bushwhacked. <laughs> you, I love that. You, you experience these uncomfortable emotions and what would be something like as a, a, a way to process those in the moment? So it takes about 90 seconds to actually process an emotion. And most people don't know that. They think if I go into the emotion, I'm going to be lost. I'm going to be there forever. I'm never going to come out. No. When right. you actually sit with an emotion, when I had something the other day where I love my clients. I mean, I am so dedicated to my clients and I have levels of clients where um, I'm very connected to them and they have my phone number and I text them and would do support through that. But the most part I don't. It's a very selective clients that do that. I had a client that... I never gave my phone number to um, text me on eight o'clock on a Friday night with my family <laughs> saying, you need to get on a call with me right now. Basically commanded me and demanding. And I don't know how she got my phone number. Wow. That angered me because I felt like that's a boundary that's being crossed. So before I took any action, before I did anything, I dealt with my anger emotions, my frustration. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I just sat with myself and inside of our belly, is really where the emotions usually hit us. Like it's like, I, I felt it in the gut, right? And then because we're not compartmentalized, we feel it in the gut and then it goes throughout our entire body. It's a visceral reaction. It's, a, it, it's just a whole body experience, like a whoosh of an emotion that goes over our whole, whole bodies. And unless we feel it, all those receptor sites will be filled with that anger, as in this example, and will stay in the angry place. But what I did is I went into my belly and I felt the pulsation of the anger, just, just playing with it as if it's just energy and not getting my mind involved, get, not trying to justify my anger, not you know surveying everybody else to see if they think I should be angry. Mm, that's a big one. Big, huge, huge. Wow. And my mom, my mom used to do that. Let me ask you a question. Right. This happened. What do you think? And she would, well, they think it's okay and they don't think it's okay. And it would be like, yeah. let me survey everybody to see if I'm okay to have this emotion. Mm, and you learn that behavior. Yeah. Yes. It's like, no, if you're feeling it in your body, you have to believe yourself. Take 90 seconds to be with yourself. Feel the pulsation. It's like a heartbeat. It's subtle, like a heartbeat or a pulse. If you go into your belly, you could even put your hands over your belly. There's a slight, subtle pulsation. And if you start to pay attention to it, it actually gets bigger and bigger. It's like a wave. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger before it starts to dissipate and crest and, and to you know, go back to nothing. And as you just allow yourself to feel that energy, then you let it release out of your body and then you can bring in the energy that you do want. So your divine self, the divine that's breathing you, that's your breath and your heartbeat and everything that's co-creating with you, we're the ones that have to ask. If you ask for rays of joy, you want to feel joy instead of anger, you allow yourself to just ask and then imagine that your entire body is being filled with joy. Now all the receptor sites on all of your cells are being filled with this energy of joy. You're in the receiving mode. You've processed the anger. And now 
you can do something about whatever needs to be done. So in that case, I contacted my assistant. I said, this is not okay. I am not available. Please let her know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's from a place of calm and peace from processing our emotions, we then take the actions of how to create a boundary of how to take care of ourselves, how to respect ourselves, how to communicate what we need to communicate. And it's a much better way when we can really feel ourselves gather the information that we need to, and then do something about it. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And, and I bet it's funding your assistant. <laughs> so you don't have just this overly irrational, highly emotional charged boss that's uh, dumping all her stuff on, on you. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. Sure. It yeah. helps every relationship. Yeah, it does. That's wonderful. So um, let's talk about mom guilt. I'm a new mom. I have a one-year-old as of yesterday. So it's, it's such a big thing. Thank you. I remember going to, you know, it was called boobs group, just this breast breastfeeding support group. And it was such a big thing. So let's talk to the mamas who were experiencing mom guilt. Yes. So same principle. If you think about guilt and what it is, if you, if, if you're using guilt for what it really is supposed to be made for that, you are per, you are deliberately with intention hurting or harming somebody else. So let's say you're a mom and you work and then you also have your baby. I know so many moms that when they're with their baby feel guilty, they're not doing their job or their business. And so many other women that are when they're at their job or doing their business, they feel guilty. They're not with their child. And both places you're split. You're not present for either one of them. And so what you can do instead of feeling this guilt and of course shaming yourself, not feel good about yourself and then wanting to reach for advice because you can't stand being in yourself, which is the only place you can be. And then you're not really present fully for your child. So they're only getting part of you because some of you is beating yourself up. The other part of you is thinking about work and vice versa. You're not fully present, fully creative, fully aligned in your business or in your work because your mind is somewhere else on where your baby is, what your baby's doing. It's a practice of really being present in both situations. So like, for example, you know, I had, I have two, two kids. I had a, um, my first son turned 11 on Saturday, which is like blows me away. Um, and then I have a nine and a half year old. So, you know, with not being with them, there would be the thought process that, oh, I'm such a bad mom. I should be with them. You know, watching what we say to ourselves, watching our words is really the first place because if we're shooting on ourselves and now I ought to, I have to, oh, I miss them. When we're saying these things, then we naturally feel bad. Right. But when we can say, you know, we're thinking of our child, maybe we're at work and we go, oh my God, I miss him so much or I miss her so much. Instead of saying that, say, oh, I so appreciate being her mom or I so appreciate Mm. when I get to spend time with him. It's a very different energy. And then you can have a thought of them, feel the appreciation of having them, feeling the appreciation of whoever is taking care of them in the moment, and then be able to be present with your business or your job or the creation that you're creating, and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. When you're with your baby, you go, oh, I feel so pulled. I should be doing this. No, you're here now. I appreciate being with my baby. I appreciate that I get to have both, that I get to have a having it all life. And when I'm here, I'm here. And when I'm there, I'm there. 
Mm-hmm. But, but it's managing the mind. You know, I, I created a whole entire program. It's a 30 day video program and it's for free. And I'll give you the links so you can let everybody know, but it's, there are 30 words and phrases that we say in our language that we're not even aware that pull our energy down because they're thinking thoughts of lack or not enoughness. And when we think thoughts or say words that bring us into a lack mentality, we feel bad. It leads to our shame. It leads to the feeling guilty. It leads to feeling fear. And when we can shift just those slight words, we feel different. And then we're more in the space of abundance. Mm-hmm. So you, it's a 30-day video program. You get like two minutes every day. It tells you a word. And it's, you can go to watchyourwords.com. Mm-hmm. But just as an example of missing, right? Oh my God, I missed that. In the, in the pandemic that everybody is dealing with, right? when people are like, Oh my God, I miss my pedicures or I miss my nanny or I miss going out to dinner or I miss doing this. It's pulling our energy down. I miss seeing my friends. Right. Well, that might be the case. Right. But if you say, I really am looking forward Mm -hmm. to getting that pedicure. I'm really looking forward to having lunch with my girlfriends. I'm looking forward to, you know, working outside of the home again. It's a very different energy. You're, you're, you're feeling your way forward into what you want instead of being stuck in the, in the moment of what you don't want, which never feels good. Right, exactly. And you're, you're also developing new brain pathways, right? So you become a habitual person of thinking positive and seeing things as an opportunity and, and feeling appreciation for things, right? So it prob- I, would, I would imagine it gets easier and easier as you get better at this. It does. And, and you catch yourself. Like I used to be a shoulder. I would right. shit on myself for everything. And my mom, my mom is like, she could say should 20 times in a sentence, right? you know? And I was like, oh, you know, so I would do that to myself. And when I learned that I don't, I'm, it's not about should, it's not about what I should do. It's not a role or a rule of what I need to do. It's what do I prefer? What are my choices? What are my options? What do I want to do? Yeah, exactly. I, I love how it's such a, great balance in between the extremes of one direction getting pulled down into this emotional downward spiral and just going into this dark place versus the other side being totally numb. Like I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Right. Right. It's this middle of you actually get to fully feel your emotions and then shift it into appreciation. So it's, it's such a, a colorful way to live life. Like you're fully living it. Um, and, and guiding it in the way that you want to experience it. Well, I'm so glad you said that because what people don't understand is that when you're suppressing or denying some of what we might deem as negative emotions, whether it be fear or discouragement or worry or blame or doubt or disappointment or overwhelmment or frustration, any of those, right? We could see, oh, I don't want to feel those, so I'm not going to feel those. When we put a lid on any emotion, we put a lid on all emotions. Mm. So even the extreme joy and empowerment and freedom and appreciation and passion and enthusiasm and I mean, all of that, that gets dimmed too mm. because we cannot, we're complex human beings. We cannot compartmentalize our lives or our emotions. So those yeah. people that are truly joyful and now I, I understand this now, but I, my set point forever was anger. Like that was the emotion mm-hmm. I allowed myself to feel. I was usually angry with somebody or something. And when something would happen, I, my go-to was anger. 
And therefore, I wasn't able to feel the other extremes of joy and appreciation at the degree that I feel now, because once I started to release the anger, it didn't have those set points. I still feel anger like I did when that client you know, texted me. However, I don't feel it to the degree because it's not like I'm, you know, I'm making a mountain out of a molehill anymore. I don't have any unsuppressed anger. So now any little thing triggers me to rage and get angry. Mm. It was just a, a whoosh. I'm like, that doesn't, I'm, you know, that, that doesn't feel good that I'm angry about that. And it's a very different kind of anger than I used to have, but now I can feel that process it and return back to more joy and more appreciation and more gratitude. And it's a very different full spectrum experience of life than it used to be. Yeah. And I love, instead of labeling something as a positive or negative emotion, it's that they're all useful emotions. Yes. They're yeah. all energy. Mm -hmm. You talk about inner and outer vices. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So the things that we consider outer are the things that we reach out for. Like that would be shopping, gambling, doing drugs, drinking, eating lots of sugar, you know, coffee, whatever it is like soda, the, the things that we reach outward people, places, things, right. To make us feel better. Then there's the inner vices, which are more of the inner habits. So complaining, judging, comparing, competing, being angry, we can take an emotion and make it into a vice to try to make ourselves feel better. So for example, um, comparing ourselves to other people to make ourselves feel better, right? We might try to be one up or one down from somebody. Usually, oh, I'm comparing myself to this person so I can feel better. I'm better than them. I've got a smaller butt than them, or I've got a better you know, yoga downward dog than that person, or it's an inner vice to try to make us temporarily feel better about ourselves, but it's mm -hmm. temporary, right? The, the only thing, whether we use an inner vice or an outer vice, the only thing that can ever fill us up is energy. And the source of that energy is our divine self, our God self, the universe, mm -hmm. divine, whatever you want to call it. That's the source of all energy. And all energy carries a vibration. That vibration is communication that goes out into the universe. And that's what law of attraction is. It brings us back more of the things that we're vibrating out. But we have to understand that we are always the initiator. We're the ones that have free will in our lives about everything, about what we say, what we think, what we believe, how we feel, how we act. And even in asking, I want to feel joy today. I just want to feel rays of joy coming into every single cell in my body and letting yourself be filled up. Then you can feel that energy and then that's what you're exuding out. Because mm -hmm. one thing most people don't understand about energy is that we are energy receivers. Our body, all the trillions of cells have receptor sites. So we're not deliberately choosing the energy that we want to be in. If we go out into the world, say we go into the grocery store and there's been people in there that are fearful or they're sad or they're frustrated and we haven't filled ourselves up with the energy that we want to experience, we go out and all of a sudden we notice, hey, I'm feeling frustrated or I'm feeling angry. What, what, am, I, what am I feeling sad for? Why am I all of a sudden mm. feeling sad? That's why people that turn themselves, oh, I'm an empath. I can't be around a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Because you haven't filled up your own energy tank, so you're picking it up from other people. 
Yeah, that's, that's huge. I, I think of the analogy of being the thermostat versus the thermometer. Yes. Yeah. Like you set the tone or being like being in the weather versus the weatherman. <laughs> yes. You, you get to really affect the environment. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the empath thing. Cause I've, I've for sure identified with that or, or a HSP, right? Highly sensitive person. And it can mm-hmm. feel like sometimes you feel victimized. Like you just need to retreat into your little cave. Cause it's a lot to handle. So how to, how to set boundaries, but also be connected to your world as well. How do you kind of balance that? Well, again, if everything starts with energy and it does, because everything is energy, we know this from quantum physics, we know this from modern science and there's a spectrum of energy. It's like keys on a piano, right? You got high to low, you got everything from, from joy at one end to fear, depression, or sad, kind of depression is also out of motion, but fear or sadness at, at another end. And then everything in between, when you are aligning with the energy and you do it consistently throughout the day, that's yeah. what's going to keep you. Think about it as a human being, right? We don't get up in the morning and alleviate ourselves. We don't urinate and then we don't do it the rest of the day. We don't mm-hmm. eat once and then don't do it the rest of the day. We don't just have a one glass of water or a sip of something and then we're good for the day. Our bodies naturally need to be fueled all throughout the day, food, water, and even elimination. So why wouldn't it also be true for energy? It is. So a lot of people might say, oh, I'm going to meditate in the morning and they meditate in the morning. And then by two o'clock, they're pissed off at the world. Right. (laughs) Right. There was a great card that I I read one day. It says, I meditate. I I light candles. I do affirmations. and I still want to slap people. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's so funny because we lose, we lose that level of energy. So if you, if we are tapping into, if we are aligning with energy that we want to say it's joy, right? And we're doing it first thing when we're aware that we wake up in the morning, we're going to choose thoughts of joy. We're going to fill up with joy. We're going to just feel and allow ourselves to just be in vibrational resonance with this energy of joy. Then we go into making breakfast. We have stuff that we have to do for the kids. Maybe we got to get into work and then we get pulled all in all these different directions. It's time to just then stop ourselves before we go into like another segment of our day stop for just a minute, allow ourselves to reconnect with that feeling of joy, that, re- that feeling of having vitality and aliveness, instead of reaching for that coffee to give us more vitality and aliveness or make us feel like we're awake, reach for the energy. It's like energy therapy. Mm-hmm. And do that several times throughout the day. Maybe it's the end of the day. Now you're going to be moving into family time. Do it before you move into family time. So you have that level of joy, that level of energy for your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just self-calibrating all throughout the yes, day. Yes, yeah. exactly. So let's say someone listening, they have circumstances in their life that they would like to change, and it can feel a little overwhelming of how to navigate through that. So where can people start? Well, I want to say this. We all have things in our lives that we want to change. I mean, our lives are full of different varieties and contrasts. And there's never everything that's perfect all the time. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we'll have things that are working really well. And then we become aware that this doesn't feel good or that needs to be changed. Or So there's, we're always looking and navigating on how to improve our lives. We're either moving away from discontent or we're wanting to move towards something that we just realize that we desire. We want something more different or better or yeah. 
you know, so, so there's always that transition going on for people. Now it's more extreme for others than it is for some. It might be a mild transition for somebody, or it might be a big transition for somebody. So um, what this whole thing, what the council has shared is that this whole pandemic has really amplified things for people. And if someone is freaking out right now about money, well, there's a good reason because they usually have been freaking out about money, but maybe not to the degree that they are now. Yeah, it's like the heat heat turned up. Yes, exactly. It's amplification time, right? It's like whatever Mm -hmm. someone's been worrying or fretting or fearing, it's the volume is turned up. Yeah. And whether it's health, some people are freaking out about their health. Are they going to get it? Or are they going to be able to fight it? You know, if you worry about your health, then this is going to amplify that. Perfect example. I know I'm super healthy. And I know that if I got the virus, that my body would totally, you know, do what it needs to do to get over it. I'm not concerned about it at all mm-hmm. because I know my body's in perfect health. Mm. And so if you feel good about money and know that you and your divine is the source of your money and that you, there's an unlimited amount and that you have that wealth consciousness doesn't mean you're necessarily wealthy, but you have a wealth consciousness of being satisfied with what you have and eager for more and excited for more, then you're not going to have issues with money right now. But those that are fearing it and are worried about it, that's going to be amplified. Same thing with relationships, right? So anything that's happening right now, all circumstances, situations, events, everything is outside of us. And as within, so without. It's a spiritual principle. And what that means is that if you change the energy inside of you, release the imprints, release the fear, the, the pain body, Release those places that are in lack and limitation. If you allow more of the divine to flow, more of positive energy to flow through you, then the outer reality will will reflect that. One of the things I've always talked about is the law of sufficiency and abundance. Now, this is a law, if you look at it as a spectrum, on one side of the spectrum, you have lack. On the other side of the spectrum, you have abundance. Well, there's got to be a tipping point. And that tipping point is contentment, is satisfaction you know, is sufficiency. Mm-hmm. That's the tipping point to get into pure positive emotions and positive life experiences and having evidence of more abundance in your life. But you cannot attract what you want if you're in lack. Someone that's so lonely and they're desperate for someone, they want to attract someone in their life. They're not going to attract them from that level of fulfillment. And if right. they do, it's going to be someone as desperate as them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so coming to a place of just being neutral in that place of contentment, looking for the positive aspects of your situation, of your life, the money that you do have, the resources that you do have, the roof you have over your head, the food that you get to eat, the air that you get to breathe, the connection to your source that you have, being in that place and finding the positive aspects and doing that consistently, because that's the key to everything, applying that is going to have you have your outer circumstances, people, places, things change because it's going to be a reflection of your inner state. Yeah, that makes sense, 100%. Let's talk about, let's do a couple couple last things. We'll talk about some, some steps that people can follow and then let's end on a little exercise. Okay. So you talk about five steps to mastering our energy, which then, like you said, masters our lives because it's all a reflection of that. So what are some steps that people can, can follow. 
So the first thing is you have to know what you want, no matter what contrast you have in your life, no matter what situation you have in your life, in any aspect of your life, you have to start focusing on what you do want instead of what you don't want. And it's amazing how many people I've coached over the years that will go right back to asking them a question, what do you want? They'll revert right back to what they don't want. Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to be single. I don't want to lose my keys. I don't want to get, be late for work. I don't want to, whatever. When you're asking yourself, what do you want? Focus only on what you do want and not what you don't want. And then that's huge. And, and I, I love that though, because what you don't want can be a starting point to what you do, right? Is that just a way you just flip it and that can give you some insight to what you do want? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you know all the things that you don't want, what is the opposite of that? Yeah. Simple. Right. <laughs> I know I don't want to gain weight. Okay. So what do you want? I want to stay the same weight or I want to get fit and lean or I Perfect. want to get, exactly, right? <laughs> I don't want to lose my keys. What do you want? I want my, I want to have my keys with me. I want to know where my keys are at all the time. You know, it's <laughs> yep. very simple. It so simple. what do you want is the first step. And then why do you want it? When you think about why you want something, you evoke the energy of it and why you want something. When you really start to ask yourself all the reasons you want, you want something, you might have some superficial and that's okay. Some superficial reasons. But then as you continue to sit with why you want something, the motivation behind it, you know, what, what is the real, the real reason you usually get to the third step and that's how do you feel? So what do you want is number one. Number two, why do you want it? Number three is how do you, how do you want to feel when you have this thing? Because most of us were so used to the outside in approach to life that if I just have that amount of money, then I'm going to feel this. If I get the guy, then I'm going to feel this. If I find balance between work and my child, then I'm going to feel this. If I get this, then I'm going to feel this. And it doesn't work that way. A lot of times we go get this and we still don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. It's that whole thing. You can't get what you don't have. I remember a mentor saying that the solution then becomes the problem, right? It's like, I finally have this relationship. Well, now this is the reason that I'm upset or I have, you know, dissatisfaction. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. If you're coming from emptiness, you can't find fulfillment in other things. The only way you can find fulfillment is bringing in that space of fulfillment, bringing Mm -hmm. in the energy of it. Everything's energy. So how do you want to feel? Identified. You want to feel free, successful, abundant, loved, connected, adored. You know, what is it that you're wanting to feel? And then that is the fourth step is start to feel it. And that's what we can even bring in this, this experience too, is really feel, start to feel where if I'm going to ask you to feel the presence in your breath and feel your heart being beaten for you, that is your divine partner. That is your divine self beating your heart, breathing you. That is your source. That is Mm -hmm. your protector, your provider. It never goes away from you. You don't have to go buy anything to go get it. It's always with you. And you're the one that gets to initiate it. So how you want to feel, if you're assigning something outside like money or person, place, or thing to be the thing that's going to fill you, imagine pulling back all of your energy to yourself. Anything you're assigning outside of yourself, pull it all the way back to you and feel as if you're asking your divine self to give it to you now and feel what it feels like to have it now. The joy, feel it now. The freedom, 
Feel it in your cells now. You can even imagine as if a waterfall of energy and light is coming down through the top of your head, filling your mind with thoughts of joy, filling your heart, letting your heart expand, filling your heart be filled with this energy of joy, feeling it going down into your belly, filling all your emotional body with joy. And as if you're like the joy, for example, you can use it with any emotion, freedom, success. Feel it as if it's growing and it's growing and it's growing even beyond your body so that you are just in this bubble of this joy, this joy bubble all around your physical body, inside your body. Every part of your body is resonating with it, calibrating with it. Let yourself just feel the expansion of that. Breathe it in, breathe it out. And then anytime you have any thoughts or things that come up that are not of that, that's just dealing with your split energy. That's being an energy master, realizing, hey, I've got this thought that keeps telling me that this isn't real or I can't have that. Surround that thought in a bubble, let it go away. Come back to the feeling of joy. Dealing with your split energy, the imprints, the plain bodies, any of that stuff, that's number five is being able to release it all into the wholeness, into the oneness of this feeling that you're wanting to experience. How are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> I love how it started as conceptual and then went right into the feeling. That was, that was a beautiful transition. And I could feel it pretty quickly, feeling the joy, feeling the freedom, just, yeah. yeah, just how that, that feels. And it, it, it just, it changes so quickly. It's like a light switch. It is. And it's beautiful because it, again, it's not something you have to go and get or learn. We naturally know how to be in this place. I mean, our divine design, as the council talks about, our divine design is to be in well-being. Our bodies know how to do that. It's everything else that pulls us out of well-being. Mm -hmm. Our bodies know our, it's blueprinted into our DNA to be abundant, even financially, to have creative self-expression connected with our divine self, to have the success that we want, to be able to have all of our relationships, all of them, be loving and supportive. That's our, an original divine design. And so when we intend and get back into alignment with it, it flows naturally. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a very familiar feeling going yeah. into that. Yeah very much so. I love this, Christy. I so appreciate <laughs> all of this. I know this is going to be really, really empowering and supportive for my listeners. And I hope that everyone listening is able to make this more of a habit and that it really serves you. And what is that you want? Because life's a beautiful thing. And um, so I, I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for all the work that you do. And um, it, it really means a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the work you're doing. I really appreciate you having me on your show. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. 
Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon.